Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. I don't, dude, I don't, with all the tech issues we've had, I don't like the skeptical look on your face. I don't. It makes me nervous. Uh, yes. So. No, it was, it was the Garth Algar. Garth, don't nod your head, because he's counting the rhythm of the beats as he's going. It's the Wayne's oh, World a, thing. And I, I thought he was doing the Garth Algar. He looks like his head's going to explode. You ever see that guy from Scanners? <laughs> that other voice you heard, that's Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Hey. Um, yeah, so in my head, like the way the intro music plays with all our technical issues, it sounds like n- not even close to what this music actually records into the, the track. So I'm just trying to like, yeah, count the beats in my head. And like, it's, I mean, Dude, I may or may not have hit where I wanted to, but it doesn't really matter. We're bubblegum and duct tape here. And I, I say this, we joked this week about, I was sending in the, in the chat about how Adam Wilde from SDPN basically got to quit his shoot job to do podcasting for the rest of his life or at least as long as people are interested i don't know what the the you know career security in that is but would it be nice if we could just get far enough that we didn't have to use bubblegum and duct tape i think that's the dream no the dream is not necessarily worrying about that we're being held together by rubber bands and band-aids and bubblegum as you say but we can pay someone to just figure it out for us that's the dream yeah, I mean, a producer would be nice that could, you know. Then again, whatever, man. There's something DIY. Do it yourself. There's exactly. there's a there's a charm to it. There is a charm. That's what it is. It's charm. Yeah. And hopefully you find it charming because on today's show we're going to talk about a number of topics, one of which being Brad Tree Living or Tree Living. I don't know, something like that. Dubas. He's apparently last names are hard to say. Kyle Dubas also uh, on the list of things to discuss today. Mike Babcock. Stanley Cup final is underway. The NBA final is underway. The Toronto Blue Jays. I want to follow up with a bit of a story from last week. And we got a press conference or a press conference, a press release from WWE today announcing a partnership with Twitch, which I think is uh, pretty interesting in terms of what this could mean for professional sports going forward. All of that and a whole lot more coming up today. On 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. First, before we get into that, I do want to know what's been going on in the lives of James Key and Maddie Key and what has happened thus far since we've last discussed on this show. So, James, why don't we start with you? Well, sir, so happy you asked. Um, A couple things. I've First of all, I made a pretty sweet shout out to uh, the Relics card shop. I made a pretty sweet deal over the weekend. I thought it was fair. I thought they were, you know, they look after me, those guys. Um, Little unsolicited promotion for them. They just launched what's called the card stop at Vaughn Mills. It's basically like a vending machine in the middle of the mall with cards and stuff. So that's really cool. Uh, So you can go to Vaughn Mills and grab packs of cards or or even tins of... uh, upper deck series one from this year i believe is i saw in there which is kind of neat but um there's a card that they were that was in the case that i've been looking at for a long time and they do these live sales shows on wednesday where they put up a card and they put up a price and you say sold the player's name and if you're the first to say it uh then you get that card at that price and one of the cards they've been holding up was this matthew kachuk sign of the times and it's signed in gold and it's signed 
personally six out of 15. So there's only he only signed 15 of these this way, and I have number six. Uh, well, actually, I spoiled the end of the story, but um, <laughs> but it signed Matthew Kachuk six out of 15, and then in quotes Chuck E. Cheese, uh, which I thought is fucking awesome that it's personalized like that. So I went in there with a bunch of stuff that I was willing to part with, made a deal. I said, my guy Dave, I said, Dave, I want to get within 50 to 100 bones of this card, and I'll walk out the door with it. My man let me walk out the door, $0, fair trade, looked at my stuff, comped it out, and I'm now the proud owner of this Matthew Kachuk card, which I will say part and parcel, I wanted because, as my brother will will know, we have a long history of oddly wanting things because other people want them, and everybody was swooning over this card on Wednesday. And I kind of, like, 30% of my purchase motivation was the fact that these other dudes wanted it. And now I can Wanting something so no one else can have it. Fuck you. Now I have it uh, as part of it. But um, there's that... I also thought about like recently uh, starting the, like the solo podcast again to kind of coincide with this to like build out the uh, the network the forty three point six network uh, if we ever had one mostly because I encounter so much weird shit that I just I don't know what to do with it anymore like I'll give you an example and I don't want to tell the whole story in case I decide to do this but do okay so my my fucking I have a cart that is like a trolley cart that you know used for moving and dustin being a employee of a hardware giant uh i purchased this cart at this set hardware giant for 35 dollars seems everybody's purchased this cart there for 35 dollars and i keep it in the garage next to my car it went missing like someone stole my fucking cart and i was like okay that's weird and then like four days later my cart showed back up so someone borrowed it is what they did they didn't steal it but then I'm redoing my kid's room, and I, I built this, like, piece of shit, like, stuffy holder. I saw it on, like, Pinterest. Some 40-year-old mom was like, this is amazing. And I looked at it when I could do that. I can't do that. And it didn't hold together very well. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get rid of this thing, do something else, and uh, find another solution. And I dragged this, like, wood and, like, bungee cord piece of shit down to the back of the, the apartment. My neighbor, like my immediate neighbor, my my partner sends me a message. She goes, check this out. My immediate neighbor has a trolley that looks like my trolley pulling my piece of shit garbage from the back of the apartment into their apartment. Yo, you're just going to furnish their entire place. No. Why are you stealing my cart to take my piece of shit? That's Yo, so weird. Yo, can you bike chain it to a pillar? But they're taking my garbage. With my no, trolley. I know. Right. Why do you but want I'm my garbage? Saying, and why are you doing it with my cart? <laughs> because lumber is expensive. I bet they're just going to repurpose the lumber. Dude, this no. lumber was not expensive. It was like a dollar, a dollar twenty-five. This is not expensive lumber. It's probably why it was a piece of shit to begin with. But there was that. And then I decided I had to pick up something for her stuffies at Ikea, which I tell you, a Sunday night in Vaughn at Ikea is a time. That place is chaos. Um... Don't, it's, no, you gotta say it's it right. Dis- Latan said it on that interview once. It's Ikea. Ikea. It's uh, it's absolute. The, the, it, the humanity is the most disgusting when hot dogs are a dollar, and every and it's Ikea. It's the and nothing ever reminds you. If you're single, Ikea is the worst place to be. Nothing reminds you more 
that you're single than being at Ikea. From everybody holding hands, trying to do Marie Kondo shit in their place and swooning over some of the stuff. And we could do this and we could do that. Or the fact that when you go to park, the first 58 spots in every row are for families only. So you have to park at the back of the fucking parking lot and then walk the entire way to the front door, being reminded, walking by all the SUVs, that you're single. So I feel bad for anyone who goes to shop at Ikea because it reminds you the entire time. Right down to the dollar hot dogs because, you know, you're eating for one. So <laughs> five, five bucks gets you a long way on that one. Right? Yeah, a short walk for a long meal. Yeah, so. Okay. That's what I'm I think to. you should bike chain the little trolley cart thing. Yeah, I, I was thinking thing, about it. Or, I, you know what? But here's the thing. Like, dude, borrow it. It's a fucking cart. Leave a note. Hey, I'll, I'll bring it. Like, give me the peace of mind that it's coming back. It's not expensive. It's just. And, I, and then you know what I started doing? Because, again, everyone has this cart. I started sharking every, every parking spot to see if their cart was my cart. I was like, is that my cart? So can you like do they think maybe it's yours or do you think they think it's a oh, communal one no it's right in my spot there's no way they think it's a, and there's nothing there's nothing community in this park <laughs> in this parking garage so anyway that's that's where i'm at long story short leave notes for people and if you're single stay strong at ikea man i have a lot of things to jump off that um the one that I will jump off with is the the trolley thing. I used to work with this guy. Honestly, I barely remember his name. It was a very long time ago. I think was his name was Trolley. Dude, it, it freaks me trolley. out that you can jump off on a trolley story, but let's go. <laughs> he So what he used to do when he went on vacation, he would take his neighbor's garden gnomes. I, it may have just been one garden gnome. And he would take pictures of the garden gnome like wherever he went so, like if he went to paris or something he would take the garden gnome and put it in front of the eiffel tower and whatever so then when he came back he would put the gnome back without them seeing it and then drop a bunch of developed photos into their that was a box. that was a matthew good music video that's where it came from oh is that what that was yeah, yeah. so that's but that's, so that's, that's me. i've always <laughs> wanted to do that ironically you know what though it's kind of cool though because then it's like you know, if you know you're not harming the gnome and the neighbors know Dude, they're getting it back, that's pretty cool. 100% though, take it to the dirtiest fucking place. Like, take it to the rippers, have the ripper sit on it. Like, do all Answer of that. Them. Just do have, show it the ripper doing like, like lines of coke on it. Like, just, <laughs> the, you know, have it, have it like in an MS-13 gunfight. Like, just avoid like dodging bullet, anything like that. Have it in the weirdest, Stop. dirtiest places. Stop motion it running through like Compton in LA. Yeah, anything. It'd be hilarious. No, it's pretty cool though because then it's like they're they because then you know the family that has the gnome or owns the gnome. It's just like oh, what adventure did he go on this time, right? Or and like at got, the like, Stanley Cup finals or something, or like the World yeah. Cup. Imagine <laughs> your 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 gnome got to go, but you didn't. <laughs> I, I think wild. it's kind of cool. WrestleMania. There's no harm in it. <laughs> WrestleMania, the gnomes. <laughs> That'd be wild, dude. He's the new Brock Lesnar guy just on the thing. It's the gnomes just... <laughs> <laughs> just at the front row of every show. That'd be yeah. awesome. Maddie, what about you? What about me? Well, hold what on. You said Raven? you had more jumping off points. Oh, the other one is about singleness, and we don't have time for that conversation. So <laughs> we'll, we'll put a pin in that one, and if we expand the 43.6 network to dating... 
um we can develop we can do an entire week of the stories that i have but uh yeah let's we don't, right. we don't have time for that one i was gonna say are we gonna go to opening up like a dating advice service platform where we people could we should do a, a separate show where we just take questions and well that was one of the skits reddit? i would do on on the podcast i would read uh relationship advice from reddit which is fucking wild dude if you want to if you're bored go to relationship advice on reddit and like if you think you have it bad nah there one of the stories i read was some guy would always sit on his on his uh on his bed uh or naked and his girlfriend would hate it because he would leave skid marks when he stood up <laughs> what do i do where's the she's fucking like, underwear she's like how do i tell him there was just a post in uh john boy's twitter where he like screen capped a guy from like an mlb the show group and he was saying something like hey so i came home and i saw my wife with three other dudes and uh next but good news is i'm, I'm getting out of county jail <laughs> tomorrow or whatever <laughs> so uh and then he explained like what he would plan to do when he get out and played all mlb the show and whatever but it's just that's like, so reason, funny yeah, it's just that's great well i mean not great for him but i imagine she had a good time someone I mean, had a good time you could do that and then reply like we could do that then reply on the reddit post be like check our answer on the podcast and then <laughs> just direct listen to the podcast it's just promotion yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah true while you're going through a rough time find out our thoughts this yeah. week on you want to hear half serious half not advice on 43.6 <laughs> there you go 69.6 would be fun. There you go. Yeah, that could yeah, work too. Go. It's, you know, the next step above. 43.69. I like that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, what about me? I, I don't know where to go after that. Um, honestly, it's, what was it this week? I didn't honestly think I didn't do much. I mean, Diablo came out to so play a lot of Diablo. Um which I got to play as much as I can over the next two weeks of like everything that I want to play because Final Fantasy 16 comes out on the 22nd and there goes my life because my wife is already planning to go to her parents with the kid for like that Friday night into Saturday afternoon so that the Friday night I can just, you know, play because she goes to see her parents once a week, brings the kids so that, you know, both her parents can spend extra time with her. So, yeah, so... um playing a lot of that i probably should try and beat zelda um oh so we had like our second baseball game of the year yesterday and there's almost a scrap at a co-ed baseball game and wow, what happened okay so i'm an extremely competitive person like jim can attest to this it's i try very hard not to be in certain situations um but i'm very very competitive so i'm going into this being like look this is half the team of people have never really played sports or softball before and like i said it's co-ed so i'm like look i'm just gonna go out here dick around have fun right you know i'm not gonna take this seriously i'm just gonna enjoy it you know hang out with friends and play and this other guy on the team is a super hardo like Bruh, he wore like the baseball pants, the socks over the top. He had like the full jersey tuck. And I'm like, holy shit, man, look at this hero. 
And he he played third and he was right by our dugout and he could hear us chirping him the whole time. Like, and it wasn't just me. Right. Um, and we were like being honest, we were chirping their whole team because they were all tryhards. Like they're screaming, like, God us our God, God us our God. Right. Um, and the one girl freaked out on the ump because she said that one of our players was staying on the base line and like the base path, and you can't do that. So she freaks out on the ump. She's like, that's not no, they're on. We're like, oh my God, what a tragedy. Fucking co-ed softball on a Sunday night in North York. Like, chill. Not a big deal. So to me, like, because I'm not taking this seriously. I'm just, me and a couple of buddies on the team are just ruthlessly chirping these guys. Like, not anything mean or terrible. Just like, they're making a play and we'll yell at them and be like, yeah, good patch, good patch, good patch. At their pitcher. Um just to, you know, sarcastically mimic their hard onus. Anyway, so it got to the point where the <clears throat> the pitcher just started laying into me and my buddy. Be like, why don't you shut the fuck up? We're trying to win the game. We're just trying to win the game. I'm like, dude, it's co-ed softball. You're taking it that seriously. Like, I know you're probably like checking everyone's stats on a Wednesday. You're getting out to the cages on a Thursday and a Friday. And I'm yelling this. I was like, yo, you can go post about your game on Facebook tomorrow morning and everything. Just calm down. You can still do that. No one's telling you, you can't just chill out out here. And he kept going and going and going. And it got to the point where I have like a trigger point where I go from being sarcastic and, you know, kind of joking around to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm going to fucking knock somebody out. And the guy hit that because he just started like yelling at one of the girls on our team. I was like, that's it. I was like, buddy, shut your mouth. I was like, I got a baseball bat in my hand. I'll fucking clock you in the side of the head. And so he you like, started this? No, we didn't. Well, yeah, they started I mean, that's it by a being threat. That's literally, that's uh, it's, uh, possibly a federal crime. Well, I to didn't a... hit him though. <laughs> yeah, but you still threatened him with a weapon. So anyway, like it just kept going and going. And the girl starts like, literally in tears in her dugout about this whole base path thing and then she was the bat catcher so when our captain went out up there for to bat on the next one we were all kind of calmed down and we were just like whatever let's just get this game done and she goes like this walks out stops turns to him and goes you know that hurt my feelings that you guys made fun of me for getting upset about being on the base path and he was just like all right cool she's like i want an apology and held up the game for this shit. Oh boy. We beat them like six to two. So whatever. But that was like my Sunday night. And I'm like, it's a Sunday night too, man. Like, come on. Like, get a life outside of co-ed softball on a Sunday in North York. Like, you don't need to try that hard. So I told the guys like, hey, don't worry. Big words. Scouts are coming next week. You got to have your A game. <laughs> he didn't like that. <laughs> So Hendon Park, be there. Yeah. Six o'clock, scouts. It's like that scene like, in Mighty Ducks when Banks is like scouts. Scouts, yeah. bro. But like seriously, like I, I in my younger days I was extremely competitive, mostly for hockey, obviously, when playing, because you know, playing with friends and shit like that. But over the years it's been more of just like, man, it's nine o'clock. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Can we just wrap this shit up? And like I just don't even care anymore. This reminds me of a story. You had a lot um, of jumping off points today. Eh? I know. You guys are just feeding me. These. I'm just throwing in uh, softballs for me. Ryback, um, feed you more. <laughs> it was in college. So this was uh, many, many years ago. And I was far more athletic back then than I am now. 
And a guy I went to college with said to me, hey, we need another person to play on our indoor soccer team tonight. Can you fill in? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I head over to the Brampton Soccer Center. And we're playing this indoor soccer game. And we're, we're pumping these guys. I think at the time when this happened, it was probably five or six nothing for our team. I, I think I had one, but the guy who invited me, we'll call him, um, we'll call him Jeremy. Jeremy had four of the six goals. So anyways, Jeremy has the ball and he's uh, running towards the net. And one of the opposing players does a uh, slide tackle from behind and takes his legs out. Now, like, it's a fucking pickup soccer game, like, in the Brampton Soccer Center. Like, what's going on here, right? So Anthony, or, fuck. (laughs) Jeremy. (laughs) I mean, whatever. He's not going to listen to this. Uh, So Jeremy. Jeremy gets up and, like, gets right in the guy's face. He's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you slide tackling me for? Like, and the guy, like, gets right in his face. Like, they're, like, almost nose to nose. And he says to him, that's what you get for being a superstar. So uh, Jeremy pulls his head back and clocks him with the headbutt. And oh, the Zidane. The Zinedine Zidane. Dude just drops. And then the bench is cleared. I'm like, what? Where am I? Like, why did I get involved in this? And I'm the just like, a banana on the side. Like, just <laughs> yeah, like. Oh, man. I never yeah. played soccer with those guys ever again after that. Doing the orange slices. That's <laughs> legitimately, though, it's one of the reasons I stopped playing, like, men's league hockey. Like, and I only play pickup with friends and shit now because you have guys who get out there who have never played any kind of hockey anywhere ever in their entire life except for this. And they started when they were 17 and they're now 26 or whatever. And they take it so fucking seriously. And they're like, they'll hack the back of your legs and they'll hack your hands. And I'm like, dude, it's fucking always have their girl in the stands. Always have their girl in the stands. Yeah, so I'm like, this is like C League, B League hockey, like chill. And Got a mad trip to Ikea after the game. <laughs> yeah, it, like inevitably the comment is, "Oh, you can't take it, eh?" And I'm just like, that's not it. It's just I've played my competitive hockey already. I'm don't really feel like going to the hospital because your try hard ass is breaking my fingers or wrist or you know not being able to walk properly or go to the gym in the morning because my calf is swollen up because you're two handing me with the heel of your stick on the back of the leg. Right. And then it got to the point where they'd keep going and going. So finally I'd just be like, dude, one more time and like, keep your head up. Cause I'm driving my shoulder through your teeth and he'll just laugh. And then I'll have the puck on the boards and start cross checking me. And so I'm like, all right, just turn around, grab him and just start pummeling the dude. And then I'm kicked out at the start of the third period. So I was really only paying to play for two thirds of a season. And it's like $900 to play hockey in the city a year, like a league a year, like a season. So like summer and winter. And at that time I was playing in like three leagues and I was like, fuck this, man. I'm over these hardos, man. It's just, it's not worth it. Like you just go there, dick around, have fun now. Like, and then you have these dudes who think it's the cup final for them. It's annoying. So yeah. And that's how you end up getting an injury, which is what I did to myself this week. I don't think I told you guys, but I sprained my ankle on uh, Wednesday. I mm-hmm. uh, slipped on a puddle of water, and fortunately, my ankle broke my fall. So uh, everything is fine other than my ankle. 
Um, I went to the hospital to just get x-rays to make sure nothing was like broken or anything, but it's, Listen, it's just sprained. Ankle breaking or fall is better to fall breaking your ankle, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although so, I'm not going to lie, I, I would almost rather a break than like like a not a serious break of the ankle because that shit's like pins and shit. But like I'd rather like a small fracture in the ankle than a tear or a sprain because that can just re-aggravate so easily. It's very annoying. And it's like the funny thing is like when I fell, I was like I was on the floor and I'm like, I'm such a loser. <laughs> well, that too. And I'm like, OK, we're we like, almost doing a system like doing a system check. I'm like. Okay, nothing hurts. Um, like I heard a pop, so I'm like feeling my uh, leg to see if like my Achilles is still attached. I'm like, it has to be fine because if my Achilles tore, like I'm screaming, be screaming, right? So I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I'm not an incredible amount, unless the pain's coming and I haven't it hasn't happened yet. So I'm like reaching around, feeling things. Like nothing hurts. This is weird. But, like I definitely heard a pop. I'm like, uh oh. So I got up and tried to just walk it off, and I was walking, but barely. And then the next day, it was like black and purple and like okay well i should probably go to the hospital so, so is this like your first time spraining your ankle or whatever yes okay the worst isn't like the first like few days it's like the two weeks later that's Why? like the because you start to get like a little bit of strength back and you start to feel good about it and so you can start putting a little bit more weight on it you start moving around and then all of a sudden you twinge and you're like ah and you freak yeah. out and you start grabbing the walls and shit and you freak out like the constant pain you get used to because you're like all right it's I'm, the surprise pain yeah and then it like takes your breath away and you start like <gasps> and you seize up and you stop everything you're doing it's the worst i can't wait for that so i, I imagine i'll be uh hobbling around for the next you know four to six weeks or whatever so do you yo milk it like guys can't go to the office I spray my ankle I'm on crutches this is just too difficult for me <laughs> So no crutches. I'm I'm walking around. It's uh taped up slowly. I'm I'm very slowly walking around. So it's uh it's a little annoying, but you know, it is what it is. Do you have it taped up though or like wrapped? No. You should. Nah. It's fine. no. I'm telling you you should. Nah. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's mostly it's it's mostly for like stability of the muscle because it's when it's sprained it's so loose and stretched out that there's right zero and then if you do that you're obviously keeping it stable and you're preventing further injury of it mm. yeah we'll see <laughs> well I'll, I'll figure something out i don't know so I other that. than that though you're other weak. than that so i don't know how much how deep into this i want to go but i want to say it broadly because i think some people want to know um i will not be at Greek Town Wrestling this week, and I will not be there going forward. Um, I think James knows why, but um, maybe not. <laughs> Let's just say I had a difference in opinion with that of Greek Town Wrestling, and uh, James, we can go into it in detail uh, off off the air. But I'll just say there is a difference, difference of, of opinion, opinion and uh, <laughs> a difference of opinion yeah. in indie wrestling in Ontario. Why I never. Right, like such an unusual thing to have. Why so. I never. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, difference of opinion, and I always said to myself, if this situation were to happen to me, I would put my foot down and stand up for myself, which I did. So, had I, um, it, I probably could have um, approached the situation differently, and had I approached it differently, 
would I still be on the shows this week? Probably. But I chose the path of what I felt was right. And that's why I am no longer doing those shows. You know what? If you morally or whatever reason feel truest that you're right, not just for the sake of like, I'm right, but it's a stance on something or whatever. And obviously I don't know the details. Then you're, I think that it's probably the best decision because you have to keep your kind of your moral compass yes. intact. Exactly. And that's the way I explained it to some of the people I was talking about it, like privately, I was saying, um, I'm just doing this for fun, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the, a WWE announcer. I'm not going to be a, a fucking major television wrestling personality. That's not happening. I'm doing this for fun at this point in my life. So if, um, if at any point it doesn't become fun, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? So anyways, that's the update. On Sounds familiar. That. Yeah. So I think, I think James knows exactly where I'm coming from, at least in terms of uh, similar things that happened to him in uh, his wrestling career finally before we get to the last sports story i do want to mention that i saw spider-man over the weekend and i saw spider-man on sunday now fuck's sake (laughs) i like to go to the oakville theater to watch movies bougie i go to the oakville theater because mainly because i go to my parents place on sundays so it's not kind of on the way to my parents' place, but I have to leave downtown anyways. So it's not like I could theoretically go to Young and Eglinton. And the thing that Young and Eglinton and Oakville have in common is that they both have recliner seats. And I like the recliner seats. And and I see you fucking rolling your eyes over there. Not only, The major purpose of the recliner seat in this particular situation was that I have the sprained ankle. So I'm like, it would be helpful to... Yes. recline back have my ankle up and enjoy the movie and i have said this on the show many times i know i am frequent uh vip movie goer and it doesn't always make sense but i, I like doing it this is a great example of a movie you should see in vip because of the amount of children that go to see this fucking movie okay so keep that in mind when you go to see spider-man there's gonna be a lot of fucking kids so if you want to see it just with adults vip is a great great way to do it Anyways, it's Sunday. I have to get to Oakville. It's a 12 o'clock movie. I know it only takes me 30 minutes to get from downtown to the Oakville Theater. 30 minutes. So I said, you know what? I know there's some fucking bike for cancer bullshit going on on Sunday. And I'm going to give myself twice as much time. I'm going to give myself an hour to get from downtown to Oakville. You knew the gardener and the DVP was closed, right? The gardener and DVP were closed because some fucking two-wheel nonsense is going on. It was 12.15 when I finally got on the gardener at Lakeshore. I was on Lakeshore Boulevard for an hour and 15 minutes. Because the, the diversion. Like, and they want to tear down the gardener in the city? What, what's, what's the option? That's, you're, you're living... I think that stretches like eight kilometers, an hour and 15 minutes. So I end like, so as I'm sitting in traffic, I'm like pulling up my phone and like going, like checking other theaters. I'm like, I can try this theater, like maybe this one. And I just keep missing times and missing times and missing times. So I, I ended up at 
a 12.30 showing that I just barely made it to at the Queensway Theater. So if you think of where Queensway is and where I am at downtown, that took a fucking hour and a half for me to get there. All because of some fucking bike race. Like, there's got to be a better way. Listen, I have my problems. I have my problems with charity marathons and bike races, and I'll leave it at this. You could spend that entire time bike riding, raising more money. (laughs) Yep. How about go down to Woodbine, where the racetrack is, just go around the fucking circle. Yeah. Or go to, like, Schaumburg. Go to Schaumburg, where no one gives a fuck. Right. Gonna shut down the fucking DVP and the gardener at the same time, just so some clowns can ride around on a bike. It's like you don't think I'm aware of cancer? Very aware. I am aware. (laughs) So I'll say this: that's the one thing I don't mind about the Toronto Marathon is because they started at like six in the morning and it shuts down Young Street, which is one of the biggest streets in the world, most busy streets on the planet. And they start at like six in the morning and it's locked down, and then by like eight thirty, nine o'clock, it's open. Like, they don't wait for everyone to finish. They wait for, like, the competitive people to finish. The rest of them, like, eh, start walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> start backing up. Yeah. You're like, what about my ribbon? Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? But, yeah. No, that, that would annoy the shit out of me. And I remember, actually, that it was closed this weekend because we, Jim and me, were sitting there at my dad's. And we're like, fucking DVP and Gardner closed this weekend. That's stupid. It's going to be a wild show in Toronto. Yeah. Four so, confirmed deaths for sure. I will. I will say before we move on, I just want. I like we kind of talked about this while Jim was kind of getting ready, so I kind of want Jim's opinion on this. What do you feel about a thirty-five hundred dollar VR headset by Apple? Nah, I don't want to talk about it. It's stupid. There's fucking inflation, and that's what they pull. Get out of here. Don't even make it. Just don't make it. You fucking morons. Nobody needs that. Get out. I said if it was a thousand dollars, that would be like the limit I would pay. No, not even. Thirty five hundred, man. Like you're asking people, you can that should, as I said before we came on to Dustin. um, That should jerk you off while you use it. Like (laughs) that should be for thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, no, it should come with somebody you choose, male, female, or both, and they just, which is dumb because then just have sex with the person but it's just stupid i don't even want to talk about it that's how dumb it is i just said that should better last 10 years and have support for 10 years and no new iteration next year apple but fuck version two every year that'll be every year yeah i i think it's stupid especially yeah like you said with the current climate i don't know it's kind of sussy so anyway we can move on now dustin well i will say that Spider-Man was a lot of fun. And I mean, you just have to see it. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I don't know what I can say without spoiling it. So I will say I really enjoyed it. I think they will have... Anytime I see a movie in the summer, I always like to think like, that's what's going to be the hot toy coming into into Christmas this year? And I feel like Spider-Man could have a few of them based on what they did with this movie and the different spider it's gonna be transformers man you think it's for transformers dude beast wars returns with transformers toys come on transformers toys are stupid i mean it could also be super mario sirs sirs look who you're talking to look who you're talking to (laughs) 
I mean, enlighten us, James. Tell us what the hot toy is going to be this summer or this. No, we should make that a segment in like well, September, October. If you want me to hot put the corporate, if you want me to put the corporate hat on, right? We have the Transformers converting mask, which I is a mask just that said converts. Transformers. He said no. You're. Uh, <clears throat> that's me with my corporate hat off. Thank you, sir. <laughs> me with my corporate hat on. We have a Transformers converting mask that converts from a mask into a transformer that is and we have what's called beast mode bumblebee uh which is some Spoiler of the holiday alert. no it's already out the toys the are movie out. oh the toys are out yeah but the toy itself is a spoiler probably no it's toys out it's called beast mode bumblebee um so um yeah that's and spider-verse like we like we had stuff made and then it got delayed right so the the toy offering is is not as expansive as it as it could have been two opportunities dungeons and dragons could have really capitalized on the surprise popularity of that movie um at launch i don't think, you, then, I don't think yeah, you would have known right no that, that that's one you can't predict maybe it'll be next christmas because if something's got delayed like you said maybe they'll be waiting for next christmas because there is going to be another spider-verse movie if everyone like lines up with the way it's supposed to like they so announced like six months another or eight one months in march yeah. Yeah. So March 2024, there's going to be another Spider-Verse movie. I don't know what it's called. So maybe they're gearing up for Christmas 2024 for that. But Spider-Man, hell of a movie. Definitely should watch it. And if you did watch it and all of a sudden you realize how much you love Spider-Man, you probably should go to nowyourtreasures.ca or .com because they very well could have some awesome uh, Spider-Man merchandise or prints that you can purchase with your hard-earned money. Because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. And Spider-Man kind of fits into all four of those things, if you think about it. It's been a movie, a comic, a TV show, and a video game. Stores from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or dot com. That's nowyourtreasures.ca or dot com. And make sure you go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. So, um, so I will say, in regard to the Spider-Verse, yeah. they already have a name in the comics to title the final movie because i'm assuming they'll go trilogy it's called edge of the spider-verse into the spider-verse across the spider-verse edge of the spider-verse there you go it's already a it, comic title is that official that's what they're calling it no it's not official i'm just saying like they uh, it, they've already had it printed in the comic just use it for the movie i mean that absolutely could happen but i can't wait for you to watch this movie it's uh, i'm very excited because i i maintain that into the spider-verse is arguably the most perfect spider-man movie I would agree. And I think this only jumps off that even more. <clears throat> and jumping off the news from last week of. Well, I shouldn't say news. The rumors from last week that Brad Trilliving is going to be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We now officially know that Brad Trilliving is going to be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We got to see a press conference of Brad Trilliving being introduced that was like 30 minutes removed from the Pittsburgh Penguins announcing that Kyle Dubas has become the 
president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, which, hmm, hmm, you know, makes you think a little bit. Because, and I think I uh, sent a tweet to you guys from Greg Brady. Who? Who? You don't know? Who Greg, do you know who Greg Brady is? No. Who was introduced? Oh, my my apologies. Kyle Dubas. No, you got. I thought you had the audio. I don't know if you. Maybe you played the audio and I didn't hear it. But no. nevertheless. Um. Oh wait. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Oh man. <laughs> I thought that was one of those technical things, like where it's it's playing, but I just can't hear it. And no. Du hast. Du hast mich. Ramstein? I mean, there's there's that too. I thought you actually had the the call. Oh, I got that too. <laughs> I got okay. that too. But I, you said it, so I didn't have to play it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Yeah. So it was. So I sent that tweet to you guys from Greg Brady, who uh, I, I think at this point he is now uh, the AM six forty morning guy. He may be. I, I say maybe because I don't listen to the show, but like I did intern on his show like way back in the day. Um, so I still like follow him on Twitter and stuff. Anyways, <laughs> Greg was saying <laughs> that it's kind of interesting because typically NHL teams don't do this. Like they know when teams are doing press conferences and they kind of stay away from each other and stuff like that. So to do it like the way the Pittsburgh Penguins did it, it seems like it was intentional of like, oh, the Leafs are going to unveil Bradshaw Living. Well, we're going <laughs> to come out and say Dubas is our president like 30 minutes before. But like, why? I see that. That's the, a great question. I was like, because like, like, what the is Penguins have? They have no stake against the Leafs. The Leafs have no stake. Like, it's Dubas and the Leafs, or the Leafs and Dubas. I, I like, believe it's pronounced Dubas. 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 Like, there's no, there's no, unless Kyle was like, let's, like, could you see Kyle Dubas being like, guys, 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 let's put it right after, right after. They're like I Kyle, right or wasn't it? Kyle's was right before. I thought it was, you know it doesn't matter. That's what I mean. Like who no, cares? No, Dubis was uh, like thirty minutes after the lease one. That's what I mean. But like why? That's what I mean. The people, I, the conspiracy theorists who think it's intentional. You think Fenway Sports gives a shit? They don't give a fuck what the Leafs are doing. But Kyle Dubis does. Right. So, so you think, that's what I'm saying. Do you think he was like, hey guys, let's 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 do it thirty minutes after they do their thing? I think they asked him, they're like, when do you want to do this? And he made the suggestion and they probably were like, are you sure? Cause you know, the Leafs have a conference coming up at 11 AM and he's like, oh, whatever. I don't give a shit about them. You know, it is entirely possible that the penguins are just like, we have shit to do. <laughs> like we just hired a new president. We got to get moving on things. So let's That's get what I'm this thinking. rolling. So yeah. So I don't know. I think it's just fun to think about like, if there is still some, you know, hurt feelings around this whole thing. Cause it feels like there is. Now, yeah. what do you think about this, the, I guess we're combining these two topics into one and these guys are going to be linked together for a long time, I think. Oh, yeah. What do you think about the, the notion that, and I think it was Sid Sixero who tweeted this, like he just said, Dubas fraud. Because if you recall during Kyle Dubas's um, press Dubas. conference when he was still the general manager of the Maple Leafs, he said that he can't see himself, like he said, I'm not going to pop up a week from now somewhere else and i guess he wasn't wrong it was two weeks or so later where he popped up as the president of the pittsburgh penguins which we said on the show was going to happen like i'm pretty sure we explicitly said on this show that he is going Dude, to be i'm 90 percent sure he was 
pegged. A lot of this has me feeling like, I mean, don't kid yourself thinking he wasn't approached sideways in February. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he was a lame duck GM that had no contract. You don't think somebody from the Penguins organization was like, Hey buddy, you, it's the same thing with Nick nurse in Philadelphia. I saw a TikTok video. It was that kid from Aaron Rose, I think his name is. Well, I don't know if it was his. It might have been. Um, basically showing that the Nick Nurse press conference, their post-game question period, where the fuck, where he was like, oh, I don't know, it's been 10 years and blah, 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 right? Um, got to, It's been a long time. Got to assess my future. Um, that was in Philadelphia. Like, why do you think he had that mentality in Philadelphia? He's probably talked to someone, right? Someone was probably like, hey, you know, if there's a coaching gig, this place would be good for you. And he was like, all right, if we don't make so, it, we're going to kick Doc Rivers to the curb. Like In February, someone was probably like, hey, Dubas, if they don't renew your contract, come work for us because we're going to fire these two jabronis. So jumping off that, a lot of people think that that was part of the play that Dubas knew he had a job in his back pocket so he could press the Leafs a little bit. They're saying like, yes, the Leafs were probably his first choice to remain if they would match essentially the position and hierarchy that he would be having in Pittsburgh. And when the Leafs were like, go fuck yourself, he, you know, um, obviously was dismissed and now he's the Pittsburgh president of hockey ops. Um, So... <clears throat> a lot of people were kind of on that train thinking that it was a negotiation tactic with the family and thing like that. And which could obviously be true, but it could also be true that he's using it as a, oh, you both know, as things, a leverage point. Both things can be true. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's thought out there that that's what he was doing, that he knew he had this opportunity in his back pocket and he could press the lease for more. Because I guarantee you that if he had gotten the same position with the Leafs, it probably would have come with a raise that he has in Pittsburgh, right? Because I think the Leafs can afford more as a organization than Fenway Sports Group for their hockey division. Okay, so I I would not be shocked if that's what it was. Like you said, if he kind of knew going into it, and like let's be honest, people will say, "Oh, but what about tampering? You can't tamper." fuck off you can't tamper and get caught that's what it is right like we all know guys who are free agents coming up it's just you hear speculation oh this guy really wants to go here and blah 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 and people are like oh that'd be tampering but then it happens and no one gives a shit hey man would you ever take a job with the penguins if it ever became available possibly the president of hockey operations yeah that sounds like it could be something i could do one day that's not tampering like, you're telling me that they don't, the team doesn't have a contact in media so that when the Leafs are there and, you know, Dubas all of a sudden does a presser or a quick interview in Pittsburgh and has a media person ask him this question, like, you know, this is, what are your options like if you don't get renewed by the Leafs, you know, like what's in tight to kind of drop the seat? It's you, everyone knows it happens. And I think that very clearly did here. <clears throat> now, yeah, it doesn't in respect look like to, it's not like the search the, the penguin search didn't take very long no and for a president of hockey operations you think you would want to do a fair amount of due diligence about that so it says to me that they already knew going into this saying if he's available this is what we're going to do and it's yeah. just a matter of whether he says yes or no 
Now, in terms of Brad for living, what did you think about his introduction press conference? Because I had one thought that it seemed like he kept coming back to this. And I don't know if there's like something to be read into that or not. And what I mean by that is he said the first order of business is to meet with Austin Matthews and, you know, talk with Austin Matthews. Obviously, he doesn't know him very well. He wasn't, you know, he just got here. Now, they may have had a relationship in other ways, but I'm saying as general manager and player, their relationship is just beginning. And he said the next order of business is Sheldon Keefe. He said that a couple times where he reiterated that Matthews is number one and almost 1B of priority is Sheldon Keefe. And at times throughout the press conference, I thought he was saying like, yeah, Sheldon's our guy. We're going to go with Sheldon. But the way he kept saying like Sheldon Keefe is like his second priority after Austin Matthews makes me feel like, is there a, a situation here where Sheldon Keefe is let go by Bradshaw Living? Uh, I think it's very real, possibly after the season. I think he gives him a year to see what he can do. I I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but after the presser, that, that's what I think it's going to be. Um, He very much did the same thing with Bob Hartley in Calgary, as he mentioned. And I think it gives him a good idea. And also, too, this isn't just like coming into a team that was middling of the pack, kind of struggling. This team back-to-back years had north of 100 points and was one of the top five teams in the league. So the issue isn't getting to the playoffs or being a top team. The issue is is getting over the hump in the playoffs. Um, how much of that is on Keefe? I think a fair bit. But at the same time, you know, coaching the NHL playoffs as a young coach and essentially coming into that kind of success right away, it's it's hard to learn. You know, there's plenty of coaches that have had to go through it and take your lumps before they figure out how to be successful in the playoffs. Um, like John Cooper went through it, you know, uh, Bednar in um, Colorado went through it. You know, all these guys have to learn. So I think it's no lose option, just keeping Keith around. You know, your team's going to put up 115 points in and around. Yeah. yeah I mean, any good GM will assess what their assets are, right? So you go in there and you say, hey, <clears throat> Keith, uh, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning us going forward. Are, are we on the same page? And if they're on the same page, then he gets a year or two or whatever. Uh, if, if they're having disagreements about how the team goes, then, you know, maybe the conversation goes down the path of, well, I'll give you till January. Or maybe it goes, this is not going to work. I think everything spawns from what Trey Living's vision for the next steps of this team is, are, is, next steps of this team are, and and if Keefe is aligned to that. And with Matthews, the best thing about Trey Living's uh, approach to Matthews is that he's basically got a son in the NHL named Matthew Kachuk, who's great friends with Matthews. So you know that Kachuk is going to sing Trey Living's praises to Austin, so there's no. And even though I think that's bullshit, that you, again you don't play for the GM, you play for the 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 team. It, it's good that he has, you know, that kind of person to vouch for him in those kind of situations. Because I think there is has to be a level of trust uh, on both sides in order to get a deal like this done. Um, 
I don't. I the thing I liked about I thought Trey Living had probably a nine out of ten press conference in terms of coming yeah. up in front of Toronto. He said a lot of things. You know, it's not a core four. It's about twenty three guys on the roster. Loved hearing that. Um, uh, he said not at the press conference, but the Kiprios show after. He said something to the effect of, you know, it's not just about being able to play your game and take it, but sometimes you have to bring your game to the other team. And I love that. Um, we don't have guys that can do that. Uh, and they have to explore ways to make that happen. He's not a guy afraid of making the tough decisions. You know, we talked about, or I don't know if we talked about it, but I tweeted like, people, oh, he lost the Matt Kachuk trade because Hubert, dude, Kachuk was leaving. They had such a good relationship that Kachuk did him the respect to have the conversation. And he was able to acquire a Hart Trophy candidate and a solid defenseman for a guy that were in a no-leverage situation. And that's pretty mm-hmm. clean GM work. He signed Nazem yep. Kadri to replace, guess kind of replace Goudreau or Kachuk, I guess. And, you know, maybe it's the Sutter effect as to why it didn't work out in Calgary last year. Maybe it was the fact that they had a world-beater goalie who didn't beat anything last year. But I don't think that's on Trey Living at all. So I'm actually kind of excited. Uh, and his yeah. press conference actually made me more excited for where I think this I, team's headed. I agree. I liked what he said. I liked his approach. I liked his tone, you know, kind of how he wasn't combative. He wasn't, I have a plan and there's going to be big, similar to when Babcock came in here, which obviously we'll discuss coming up soon. But I, I just liked the the way he presented himself and the tone at which he had it very much of like you guys. Yes, there's been lots of disappointment. And he's like, I get that. And instantly he wasn't saying things like, you know, yes, this team has had disappointment or they had. He constantly said we, he, meaning he's already, you know, wearing the jersey. He's already looking at this as this is a we thing, not a me thing. Right or a specific player or a specific person thing. So I I like that kind of messaging that he had. I also do like that he was honest about the whole Austin Matthews thing because he could have come out and said, well, you know, he's a player on this team. He's very important. And yes, we're going to, it's a situation that we're going to have to look into. And we want like, just instantly, he's like, that's number one priority. He's one of, if not the, you know, best goal scorers on the planet and a top five player in the world that's the priority and you know a lot of people would say oh you're giving matthews too much leverage and saying that is no you're not he already knows this no i i don't think what i think is going to change and you reminded me of that this is kind of going to go back to the lou era where you're not going to hear a ton of shit coming from this administration dubis was a yapper man no, I don't. I don't think there, there's going to be. You didn't see what I posted. There's the the, the Leafs dude, have a, a leak. Yeah, and there's going to be no. We can and we will. There's going to be no, dude. The fact that Dubis committed to Malkin, Latang, and Crosby is already is fucking wild. Like, if there's any, if there's any yeah. reason to make me comfortable that he's not our GM anymore, like all these Dubis sympathizers, Dubas sympathizers, <laughs> like the guy committed to like three 40 year olds already in Pittsburgh. Anyone who bends against Sullivan, Latang, and Malkin and Crosby, oh, I'm betting on them and I'm going like, why would you say that? Like you take away all flexibility. 
you have as a president and or general manager by well, saying what's those he supposed things, to do? those guys are already signed on that right for like five years hey we're going to assess and do everything we can to build a steady stanley cup winning contender that's all you have to say we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we put the best pieces in place to be competitive for a very long time no, and I then, agree, and, but I'm just saying it's, it's not the like the Matthews Marner to like situation where they're coming up and you have to prep. No, for those I'm I'm saying you're handcuffing yourself every time. You're 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 giving free leverage away, like or or you're doing bad relationships with your audience when, like, let's say they could trade Latang for pieces, or they could trade. They're not trading Crosby, so it's it's Malkin or Latang, and then but but you said. And that's going to be the problem, right? So, anyway, I know. What do you think, Dustin? What you, you're uh, you're wearing your you're wearing your staff shirt today. What's <laughs> I okay? So, in terms of Dubas, are you allowed to say anything? I don't know. Dubas, yeah, Dubas. Can, you can have an opinion. Are you the mole? I think. <laughs> I, I mean, who knows? No one knows who the mole. Ask Anderson Cooper. That's a throwback. Yeah, big throwback. I. I think Dubas, it's not outlandish for him to say that he's going to commit to those guys because you're not going to move with those guys. No one's going to take Chris Letang based on his health issues. No one is right. there. No one's going to trade Sidney Crosby. Like, no. Nope. Crosby will retire Pittsburgh Penguin unless he chooses to, like, I don't know, sign a one year contract at the end of his career to play for the Cole Harbor uh, Coyotes. No, Montreal. Right. And that's another thing maybe we should discuss as well of where the Coyotes going to end up. But I think he just had to say those things. And like, it's not like those guys are signed super long. No, he doesn't have he... to say them. I suppose you, that's a good point. He doesn't have to say it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's a very good he point. never had to but, say, okay, so, he doesn't have to say shit. No, he doesn't have to say that. But maybe it's important to him to say it to tell the Pittsburgh fans that like, I'm not coming in here to break up this team. Okay, these are these are generational players that are here in Pittsburgh, and they're going to treat them right on their way out. Um, and like, okay. I, if I was him, I wouldn't trade them either. Like, what, what are you nuts? Like, you would hopefully draft well and develop players and have them picks. play with Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and hopefully you create a new generation of guys who pick up some of their good habits. That's all. No, that's all. It's you can not going to happen because they don't have the draft capital to do that. Oh, they can trade Jeff Carter for a couple first-round picks. No, right? you can't. Jeff Carter is <laughs> a harder deal than Latang is. I'm kidding, right? No, but but like legitimately though, that by the time they have any kind of substantial draft pick to make a pick of a player that can come in and help them in the next two three years, the those guys are going to turn over. Right, yeah. like that's the thing is, at this point, you he arguably has to make. I would say he's got a tougher job. Granted, he's not the one doing the job. He's got a GM. He's got a sign. But I would say he's got a tougher job than what Troy Living has. Because one hundred percent. Think of it like this: you know, Matthews wants to stay here. You know, you're going to resign him. It's just a matter of dollars and term. And I feel like Troy Living's the kind of guy being like, "Look, I know you want five years so you can get another payday, but he'll say maybe he gets him for six or seven instead of the five that is being thought of." Which honestly, even Matthews at five or six, I'm happy because then he's thirty-two, and at that point. You don't want a 36-year-old Austin Matthews, so I'm okay with a five, six years. But what I'm saying is you can subtract from this roster in terms of a Marner or Nylander 
and you're still going to be a hundred plus point team. You'll be a different style of team, maybe not as entertaining, maybe not as explosive, but you're still going to be a hundred plus point team, give or take. We've seen the type of teams that Trey Living has built in Calgary, where for 10 years, it, it was the same. They had great offensive talent up front, their top six, and their bottom six were absolutely annoying as shit to play against. And their defense was big and they were tough and they could move. And Gio knows exactly. Brody knows exactly. The peak of Calgary's defense was with Gio and Brody back there. Granted, they're not the same age, but still they have a familiarity. They have a comfort. So I do think Trey Living's job is much easier here. I think he has a lot more to work with. I think he has a lot more options. And then not just saying that because obviously we're Leaf fans here. I also think it's a more enticing place to come play with. Do you want to play with Austin Matthews when he's 26? Or do you want to play with Sidney Crosby when he's one year away at 37? The one thing you did say is that he said this team is a back-to-back 115-point team or whatever. But do you know what he followed that up with? He's aware that there's a different way to play in the playoffs. Yeah. And that is music to my ears. Because the, the thing I always like, people would say, oh... And I even heard today listening to SDPN, Kyle's really good at getting those value one, two-year contracts that these guys end up going somewhere else. You can't... That's not building a team. No. Like, you can't build a team, like, plugging and play. Like, it's not like fuses in a fuse box. You have to give guys time to ju- to, to basically go out there and, and, like, die for each other almost. Like, you have to... You know, on very rare occasions, does a guy step in... And just, you know, gel. Like you got to give these guys time, especially on the on the bottom of the roster. It can't just be rotating. Well, you, you can't wait for the trade deadline to do that because, like you said, you need more than three weeks before playoffs to get those guys comfortable and slotted in your position. If you know you're a 115-point team, like we said, and you know you're going to be getting to the playoffs, set yourself up in August for that. Set yourself up in September for that, or at the absolute latest, November. Have enough time for these guys to know their role, know their position, know who they're playing with, comfortable with the team, comfortable with the environment. Yeah. Right? Let me throw a few uh, possible scenarios at you, and you tell me if this is going to happen, yes or no. Kyle Dubas offers an offer sheet to Ilya Samsonov. No. No. Oh, like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Does he offer one? Yes. Does Samson take it? No. The, the dude's never guess, had an offer sheet, and, like, the offer sheet thing is so fucking rare. It's, it's Samsonov is not worth, right? not no knock on Samsonov, and they don't have the picks to compensate. I was just yeah. going to say, and I, I thank you for bringing that up, just because a lot of people have been throwing that out there, but, yeah, the Penguins don't have their second, okay. third, or fourth round pick this year, so they're going to have to do a lot of work to make that happen. So then in saying that, I would say, hypothetically, if he could, I think he would. Obviously, given the current market then of their capital and their stock board, no. How about playing 20 minutes a game on the right side, Justin Hall for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Yes. Playing 20 minutes or just Justin Hall actually being there? Justin, Justin Hall signing. I mean, I, I threw in the 20 minutes for fun, but do you think no, Justin yeah. Hall plays? Justin Penguins? Hall's a Pittsburgh yes. Penguin next year. Yeah. Playing with Sidney Crosby this year. 
Michael Bunting. Possible. Maybe. I think Pittsburgh's got a weird cap situation. But they do. Oh, I, no, they have cap room. I would not, I would not the, the least actually have a lot of cap room. Um, yeah, I could see it. I think I think he priced himself out of Toronto. I think the rise of Matthew Nyes um, has really put pressure on Bunting to the point that he can say, here's what we're offering. It's take it or you go. I uh, he's exactly that. He, like, he would fit in Pittsburgh perfectly fine. Oh, he um, would. He, he he's the younger version of Pascal Dupuis that Sid would want. Just a bigger yapper. Yeah. And then finally, the one I think is most likely to happen. Do you see playing with Evgeny Malkin next year? Dennis Malgan. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine? The Malkin Malgan? Malkin to Malkin. Malkin back into Malkin. Score. It's like the, it's like It'd the be like my Bobby Orca when I was five. It's like salsa in the salsa. Yeah. Is it salsa or salsa? But um, there's a couple things I wouldn't actually be shocked. This sounds stupid almost. Would I be shocked if he makes a play to bring Matt Murray back? No. To Pittsburgh? I, I can't see it. Well, they there's talk that they want to get rid of Jari. And yeah, they're going to need a backup. The guy's never going to be healthy. I well, think Jari the, is a UFA, so they don't have him. <laughs> right. Well, no, the, that's what I mean. They're, they're not going to re-sign him. And he'll see, probably go on somewhere else. Now, my my thing is, who does Treliving have in mind that he would like to bring over from other places and other players he's had before? I'll tell you. Number one, William Nylander for Elias Lindholm, straight up. How long is Lindholm signed for? Oh, if you give me a second, I can pull that up. I, I wondered, with Nylander, I was wondering if he would end up in Pittsburgh. I think that makes a lot of sense just because his brother plays there and, of course, obviously the uh, the Dubas Hear me connection out. as well. Elias Lindholm, uh, second Lindholm line is center. A, Lindholm's on his last year of his deal, $4.8 million. Listen, hear me out. Second line center, Tavares moves to the wing. His 40-goal scorer. I, I'm not doubting the ability of Elias Lindholm. I've had him on my fantasy team for the past like five years or whatever. Like he's incredible. I, I love that guy. You need a second line I, center more than you need William Nylander as a winger because Tavares can't play second line anymore. He can't play center. Hear me out. Hear me no. out. Though. Hear me out. William Nylander is your second line center. No, we've tried that experiment. He's a horrible. I center. know they have. He's a horrible <laughs> center. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, it, it, it could happen. No. I honestly think after this Treliving signing and the whole thing with, oh, yeah, you know what? We're going to wait and see with Sheldon Keefe. I, I see them running this whole team back. Not the whole thing. You, you yeah. have too many slots. Too many and, well, it can't be the whole thing because, like, there's, yeah. There's no, you, the five the guys. In our phase. Yes. But, I mean, Riley, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Tavares, all back. Okay, I'm going to run through 15 names real quick. And you just... 15? <laughs> it's real quick. Okay. Um, on if you think there's a possibility that they're targeted here and would be a fit here, just yes or no. And that's it, okay? Actually, we'll do 14 because I know number 15 we've already discussed and said no because it's Jonathan Taves. Number 14, Matt Dumba. Yes. No, just because I don't think they're going to be uh, significantly adding to the defense side. 
He's okay. a, they're losing Justin Hall. He's a right-handed shot, and he automatically and makes Timothy Lilligren expendable. I, I, mm, I just think they're because of the fact that Connor Timmins is on a one-year uh, non-movable. No, that's just say non-movable. And Jake Muzzin's not, not playing. Not a two-way deal. And Jake Muzzin's not playing. Yep. Okay. Next name, Tyler Bertuzzi. Yes. Yes. I think there's a real chance they're going to go after him. I don't yes. think they're going to get yeah. him. No, that's not I, my thing is that they're going to get him. I think like target wise, that's who yes. they're going to target. Or these are the guys that, and this comes from the Bleacher Reports updated 2023 free agency roster. If Tyler um, Bertuzzi is willing to play for a million and a half a year, absolutely. He'll be a Maple Leaf, but he will get six and a half million and the Maple Leafs will not be able to afford him. Yeah. Max Domi. Possibly. If I was Brad for living, that would be my first call this off season. But I don't think Domi's interested to be honest with you. I think he would be. I think he would. I think he's the type of dude to embrace the legacy of coming. He here. fucking hates this team. So I yeah. don't know, man. John Klingberg. No. No, I don't see it. Okay. Now into goalie Tristan Jari. No. No. Not chance. Dmitry Orlov. No. No. Uh, not definitely not Freddie Anderson. So we'll move on. Definitely. Uh, do you think Bunting resigns, or do you think he makes no. an effort to resign him? I think Bunting is this year Zach Hyman. Okay. I think Bunting gets. Two I think Bunting half. is the number one available UFA in terms of how it's listed and what teams are looking for. I think Michael Bunting is going to get a huge contract. I think he's going to get. I think, I, I think he gets no more than six million. That no, he doesn't get that. He he barely scratches. I get. He's going to get three point two five. And he'll get it here. Oh, oh, big dude. oh, oh. Dave, write it, write it that. down, write it down. You don't, you don't need that Kerfoot money. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Alex Kalorn. That see now that would be an intriguing option, but he's gonna get five. Yeah, he's gonna get paid just on legacy alone. I don't see it. So five is David Krejci, which I say no. He's way too slow. No. He can't move. Tarasenko. No, I think he no. stays in New York. They too expensive. They can't add another like highly skilled seven million dollar guy. Not what this team needs. Okay, the last and you know what? We'll skip the other ones because we know those aren't going to happen because we've already talked about them. Um, but here's the last one. Do you think this improves and potentially they look at maybe opening up a little bit and saying, you know what, we'll do this for Ryan O'Reilly, three more no. years at like four and a half million? No, that man's going back to St. Louis. I don't know if he's going back to St. Louis necessarily, but I think Ryan O'Reilly has played his last game as a Maple Leaf. Okay. So if that's the case, and I think we're all somewhat in agreement here, that it who's your second line center next year? Is it Tavares? Dude, the, O'Reilly's problem to. was the same problem Tavares, right? He's I love the guy, too slow. They need guys yeah. who can who can push the pace and lean, right? Granted, there's. There's a couple guys that we may not be thinking about in the Marlies that might be ready for a push. Maybe not a second line center type, but you never know. I also think in terms of the bottom six, there's probably some guys on the Marlies that are ready. I think Bobby McCann is ready to be a consistent, you know, fourth line insert into the third line type guy. Same with Holmberg. Yeah. Pontus Holmberg. Great. Steves. You know, yeah, Alex Steves. And I think we also forget about Nick Robertson because I think how good Nyes is done and we forget that Robertson's still here. Granted, he can't stay healthy. I think this is his last shot, to be honest. When he comes back for training camp and he's healthy and he's playing, this is his last opportunity. Or he's either getting shipped out or they just 
you're not getting a contract and let him go wherever off into the ether. Well, he's he's got one year left. Uh, does Nick Robertson? He's got like seven ninety six on this year coming up, and he's an RFA after that. So, and based on the fact that he hasn't had a huge sample size in the NHL, It'd be they could sign him to a three year deal for nothing, right? So, I don't see them moving on from Nick Robertson for quite a few years. But you know who knows? Okay. Someone that they are finally going to be able to move on from in terms of payroll, at least, is uh, Mike Babcock. Is the finally going to be finally going to be off the Leafs payroll, and man's going to land on his feet, uh, according to Sportsnet. The Columbus Blue Jackets intend to name Mike Babcock their head coach at the end of the month when it's the his biggest piece of dog officially shit. over. He's a big piece of dog shit. <laughs> when his contract's officially over, uh, the beginning of July, I think it, it, it must be like July first or whatever when the contract June thirtieth. June 30th, sure. Because that's Um, like the official end date of the season because July 1st is the official opening of the season. I think we joked about it on this show last week or the week before. It must have been when we were talking about like if Sheldon Keith gets the axe, who comes, who steps into the Maple Leafs uh, head coach. And I I jokingly suggested Mike Babcock. And um, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I may have said something along the lines of, but I like, bet he gets signed somewhere. If if Mike Babcock rejoined the Leafs, though, it's like I, like I know it's dumb, but would they, would he just be on the like, hey, just come back to work because you're already on contract? Would that be just, hey, man, we're calling you back into I think, the office? I think you can't. Like, I think it's part of the thing where if you do that, you essentially have to negotiate a new contract. So Mike Babcock funny. had an eight-year contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who the fuck signs a coach for eight years? Is that a thing? Can you fucking Leafs? sign Matthews for eight years? <laughs> well that was Lou remember true but okay the, as we get into the Babcock thing it, it's they already said they waited till the very last day so that he got the full payout from the Leafs and then signs a new contract like this dude is only going to probably be making like 2 million to coach the Columbus Blue Jackets and if that because he's now. already been paid like not, like 40 sheets from the Leafs see you now, now Johnny Johnny Goudreau what are you telling me who on the team is work isn't working too hard? Write me Fantastic a list. player, even better write, man. Write me a list of everyone who's not working too hard in the team. Mike so, Babcock signed an eight-year, fifty million dollar contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he was getting like eight and a he half got, million a year. He got Lotto Max money. Yeah. Oh okay. no, that eight and a half million. You know, he got like seven million a year. Dude, he worked for three of them. Yeah. What a fucking amazing job that would be. Uh, Sit around and do nothing. You could just live your life and getting paid seven million a year. Coach the Saskatchewan Saskatooners. Saskatoochies. 50 50 million divided by eight, 6.25 a year. And he got fired in November of 2019. So Mm -hmm. he only worked half of that contract. So he and got twenty five million dollars over four years to sit on his ass. I don't know I what the Blue that. Jackets are expecting to get. So okay, this is this is okay. I thought about this and I was had thought they just came off torts, and people say, "Well, Gujo must be pissed." Gujo plays best hockey under Daryl Sutter, so let's not kid ourselves here. He's not worried about that now. My thing is, is yes, we know everything that came out about Babcock and we know 
every like about how he bullied Johan Franzen ruthlessly and how um what he did to Marner and Medano. things like that. And Medano, all these guys. Jason Spezza's situation. At the same time, we also have to look at it in the lens of at what point are can we say second chances are allowed? And at what point are we saying no, they're not allowed? Because we try to tout as you know, kind of a societal mindset that certain things are not allowed, that you don't get a second chance for that. Harvey Weinstein, no second chance. Murderers, no second chance. But they get them because they go into prison and come out, there's their second chance. But you know what I mean? Like there's certain, is being a ruthless type of coach off limit you from getting a second chance? Because at the same time, this guy's had four years to sit there and ruminate on all this shit, to sit there and think about this and also have the opportunity to think to yourself, how I used to be and what used to work in the early 2000s, late 90s, up until 2020 doesn't work anymore. And you would think that a guy who's that successful and isn't stupid and who's a smart individual can say, if I want to get back into the game at the highest level, I have to adapt and I have to change how I am. So do I think the opportunity for that is there? Yes. Will we find out real quick? I think we'll know by the end of November. Dude, old white hockey dudes don't change. That's... I mean, we're technically old white hockey dudes. No, that man's like 60. No, but you know what I mean, right? I just, I think... The guy hasn't been successful in 20 years. Like, he's not... But you... you, No, he... The the Olympics weren't 20 years ago. I, I okay I cool. Maddie's I point. could coach no, that Olympic no. team. <laughs> I know that's, that, that's a fair point too. Um, <laughs> I felt the same way, and, I, and we're going to talk a bit about Anthony Bass later in the show. But I felt the same way with his um, statement, which was disingenuous, and he didn't mean it. Yeah, no. But I had said on Twitter where it's like, okay, look, if we are supposed to be accepting, forgiving people, and we're supposed to be the good guys. We should give him a chance to change. And that's how I feel about Mike Babcock. Sure. But you could also suggest, and you can probably suggest the same thing with uh, Anthony Bass. There was no repercussion. So yeah, sure. Like Mike Babcock got fired by the Maple Leafs, but like he still got paid. Six and a half million a year. But like, here's the thing. I'm not even, I'm not even saying the character piece. Is this the right guy to coach in the NHL in 2023, 2024 for that team? But a guy who's probably sat there and watched a shit ton of hockey and a guy who sit there and had a completely objective point of view of the game because you don't have skin in it at the moment that he could probably scouting players, scouting play styles, updating the way. And again, this all comes with saying I have to update my coaching style with how I communicate and approach players. players it's also an evolution of his strategies his game plans his things of that caliber could change as well so like you said i guess we'll find out by the end of november yeah oh for sure i i I, that's a real rough project i think right but towards has had continuous continuous opportunities and has had less success than mike babcock and who's arguably just as hard if not harder on his players and it just hasn't come out there i think that when the one thing about babs came out and it being toronto 
guys decide to pile on, which I'm not saying is wrong and they shouldn't have. I think everyone should voice their, you know, displeasure or concern or I guess situations in, you know, when they encounter them like that for sure. But I think that he at least deserves, you know, the opening press conference on July 1st or 2nd. I think he deserves the first little bit of training camp and the first little bit of the season until at minimum the yeah, end of December not to see if it's changed. They're not going to sign him and fire him in November, right? So the, the concerning thing I think that we need to look at is that the Columbus Blue Jackets, the average age of the roster of the Columbus Blue Jackets is 25 years old. And by comparison, you look at the Maple Leafs and you say, oh, they're a good young team. 27. They're like 20, yeah. Is the average age. So no, the Jackets are a very young team. So for Mike Babcock, who has a history of well, he's also been coaching bullying. what? He was coaching university or high school. Where like what the fuck was he doing? He was uh, he was coaching like, like I said, he was like the Saskatoon Saskineers or something. I don't know. Somebody out there. I could look it up, but I don't. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know if that's. He's this coaching right spot for Mike Babcock, Saskatchewan yeah. Utes. I don't know. He might, actually might have been a good spot for the Pittsburgh Penguins just because his connection with Dubas and... He hates the Dubas. They exactly. hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the show, James. Calgary. Uh, you know what? He, Calgary uh, actually, you know, with no Sutter and um, him being so close that I actually thought he could have landed there, maybe. But I just I'm excited to see how Patrick Orlane reacts to this. Patrick Orlane didn't want to play anything except power play and offensive draws. In the second that puck came out of the zone, he was changing in 15 <laughs> seconds. So yeah. that'll be real that, fascinating to see. Hilarious. Line yeah. Before we get off the hockey talk, there is a Stanley Cup final going on. Between the Miami Panthers. I just want to call them the Miami Panthers just because it's a fun story if Miami wins both championships. Yeah. Sounds, hey, Miami Panthers sounds good, actually. It does kind of sound fun. And the Vegas Golden Knights, which is also just funny to me that they have to be called the Golden Knights and it can't be called the Knights because of a fucking junior team. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, was, I was also recently listening to a Steve Dangle uh, podcast and they were joking about how, like, the NHL is not a real league. And this, that's a perfect, this another perfect example of like how they're just not a real league because a junior hockey team slapped them down and said, no, you can't use the Knights. Dude, one of their teams doesn't anyway. have an arena. <laughs> Fuck. Actually, you know what? Let's go there. That's a good point. Because Wait, quickly, as the Stanley Cup quickly. playoffs started. Wait, before you go there? As the, before you go there. Stanley Cup. Uh, okay, sure, go. Cole Caulfield, eight years, $7.85 hey. million. Dollars. That man took a team-friendly deal because he wants to win. I'm just saying, setting a precedent. I, I had there. that story pulled up, and I was going to ask you guys about that. I, we can go there now. Um, so the, it's an eight-year deal. It's worth $62.8 million. The average annual value is 7.85 for Cole Caulfield. Uh, Caulfield had 26 goals and 36 points in 46 games last year, but he had a shoulder surgery, so he got sidelined there. So he Led played the half team a season, goal essentially. Scoring. Still led the team in goal scoring. <laughs> led the team in goal scoring. Only played half the season. So the points numbers concern me with Caulfield, and that may be because he's playing on a shitty Montreal team, like a really shitty Montreal team. So twenty six goals—that's good. 
if for half a season, that's on pace for a 52 goal season. But 36 points, you're like, eee. if at the end of the year you scored 50 something goals but only put up 60 points, it's like, uh oh, 70 something points. That's that's not good. And that's not $7.8 million good. He has 84 points in 123 career NHL games. So he's not even a point of game player. And he's making 7.8. He's making more than William Nylander's making. So yeah. to put that into perspective of what How many to seasons expect, has he played? 123 games. So yeah, part of the back half of the one season, a and season and a half. Year. Yeah, that kid's got time. It's a one. It's the Wander Franco deal, right? Is what it is. It's the equivalent of Wander Franco having a great season, real young, securing himself long term. You're, you're paying the potential. You're not paying for. And he's leaving room for the team to build around him and other pieces, which is great. Like, I think it's a half decent deal across. I mean, you can do, you can say yes or no. $11 million for Mitch Marner is not leaving room for anybody to do anything. Right. Right. So, but if, if Caulfield continues to put up <clears throat> no more than 65 points a season for three years, that 8 million looks real bad. Depends. If those 62 points and 52 of them are goals, no one's going to say a word. That's, you know, it depends. And again, it's his second year. You're right. They're paying for potential. But if a guy can score at a 52-goal pace in his first full season, it's pretty good. I mean, and very rarely do guys score 50 goals and have 10 assists. Like I would love to see the last guy to do that. Right. So that's what I'm saying <clears throat> is, is that also, too, very rarely do guys in the NHL now score, although I think it's happened a few times already um, in the past couple of years, but historically in the past little bit, very rarely do guys score 50 goals. Right. So if he's on that pace and he's a 7.8, I think is, is probably, he le- he did leave, like he had, he left money on the table. So, I mean, Montreal said that. It's actually a very similar deal to what Nick Suzuki signed last year. Suzuki signed eight years, 63 million for a 7.875 cap hit. So they have virtually identical contracts. Uh, Suzuki's obviously started last year, so they'll have a bit more, or I shouldn't say, a very small bit more length on the end of Caulfield's deal. But, I mean, look, if if both these players work out in Suzuki and Caulfield, like, that's a great core that you've locked up for the next, you know, almost decade at not a lot of money when you compare it to other top players in the NHL. It's just the question is, are they top players in the NHL? Well, the, the thing is, with their contracts, they don't necessarily have to be that to like cap's going to go up and you're going to find uh, players around them maybe better players come in maybe they sign better we don't know but it leaves room to do that right and yeah. i think that's I, the, I would say the the benefit of the signing is that they have a homegrown talent that they've invested in that is going to be there because montreal has problems signing players and is investing right? in them yeah right but Montreal, we know, has problems signing players. Um, not It's not the issue that Edmonton has because Edmonton, there's nothing to do there. It's the worst tax in the league for where you live, where that $8 million, he's really getting paid like three and a half, four at the end of the year. Right? Well, when it- <clears throat> I mean, it, the other thing is I think they're banking on Dubois going there. I think, you know, Dubois openly said he wants to go there and... 
Yeah. Winnipeg has refused to but, to deal him, and I mean, I would say though, look at it like this, and you can make, and again, if you kind of maintain this mindset with one group or one player, you kind of have to maintain it with others as well, um, especially not as talented ones. Dubois can go there, great. Winnipeg hasn't won with him. Yeah, but it's 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 mix. I mean, we could. That's the thing, right? Like you can say we could say Trey Living hasn't won anything. No, a hundred percent. But many GMs haven't won anything, right? Um, yeah, same with same with players. There's how many players in a league? Yeah. So, but what I think it all comes down to mix players. To hinge their hopes on a Pierre Luc Dubois. No, I'm just saying that's another piece, right? And they leave room for that to happen. Um, like for Toronto, I just I don't think the mix of players is the right mix. Just like in Pittsburgh, I don't think that mix of those three is going to take them anywhere. And maybe you're right, Matt. Maybe they're just riding out the two years on all these guys' deals, like. Here's a fun stat for you. Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Can you guess what their combined career plus minus is? Minus 15. No, c- combined? Yeah, combined. Minus 36. Maddie? Plus three. The, the McCain's have gotten blown out a number of times. Minus 97. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a nothing stat like plus minus. I know, but it's that's just still, fun to look at. I always like to look at Montreal and see the shitty things about them. It's not a nothing stat. I just think they put too much weight on it. I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. I think it does have some benefit, but I think the weight and the prevalence of it to someone saying his plus minus is this. It's like calm down. Like okay, if a guy's a minus twenty, realistically he's probably really a minus thirteen. Because how many was he just stepping on the ice and he gets attributed the minus? Same thing with the goal. If a guy's like a plus 25, it's probably really like a plus 14. So I think there's some credence to the stat, but I think people put too much weight on it. Man, stressed. You all right? Um, we'll get there. This is the, another sports thing that just hit my phone and I'll, I'll, we'll come back to that. Before, so Stanley Cup playoffs are. Well, I guess we're in the finals now. Stanley Cup finals had started this past week. And before the Stanley Cup finals started, Gary Bettman had some media availability. And then, you know, the inevitable question about the Coyotes came up and what they expect. And Gary is steadfast and seems optimistic that they're going to remain in the Glendale area. Gary's a moron. (laughs) He is. It's just. Why? I don't what is know it? what like, it is. Like, he must get free blowjobs in Phoenix or something. Like, there's no... What? <laughs> what is this man? Is, is Maddie reacting to the same thing I reacted to? Yeah, I'm just going to say one thing. and You say yes or no, we'll get to it. Jays. Yes. Okay. okay. Oh, we'll my God. Yeah, we're going to get to okay, it. Okay, I haven't yeah, seen we'll it, but anyway. Yeah, um, don't, don't look at it because okay, we'll, we'll get to I'll it. Look. I want um, live reaction. He must, get, he must get free BJs out in Phoenix because... There's no reason to to have that kind of, or he just, that was his first move from Canada into the U.S. Maybe he just doesn't want to look that wrong. No, he did. Oh, like taking a team from Canada. Okay, I thought you meant like expansions. Like he did Florida and all California and shit. But I mean, Florida's in the Stanley Cup final yeah. right now, so. But maybe he just no, doesn't I, want to look like a failure. Salt Lake wants a team. Throw him in Salt Lake. That 100%. team will. They're ready to go. 
they can I, yeah like i'm not even of the opinion that like oh just move it to canada no fuck that I, like keep it in the west throw it yeah salt lake city is a great option houston could be a good option Houston, austin, would be texas could be a good option. kansas like, city austin is just begging for mean? some professional sports teams like yeah. they have a, a boom of population and it's money young money it's young and young tech money too yeah like i don't know if they have a building that would but i mean i'm sure they have a building that seats four thousand people like they're fucking currently doing in Dude, Phoenix, kansas so. city has a state kansas city has a relatively new arena yeah There's like anybody who says oh take them and send them to quebec no we know it's not gonna happen like stop no, the, the, if, if Quebec City is ever going to get a team again, it's going to have to be a team that's on the east that moves, right? So or you have to move like Tampa or, or an expansion. But look, I don't think they want to go any more. You'd have to no, balance it. no corporate you'd, footprint in Quebec City. Have, right. And you'd have to balance it with like three U.S. expansion teams. Like, you know what I mean? They'd have to find a... Like, there's yeah. already oh, problems no, they would have Winnipeg. To, they would have to, one, this is how it would work for Quebec to get a team. They would have to, one, Quebec gets a team. To support that, they would need to put a second team in Toronto to prop up the financials of having a team that's probably not going to break even for a very long time in Quebec, and then you're no, going to need another team. No, the Quebec team will. The Quebec team, from a financial standpoint, as a self-sustaining entity, will do just fine. From a <clears throat> external revenue driver for the NHL, will do very poorly. the The Ramparts sell out fucking games. Congrats to the Ramparts too, by the way. They just yeah. won the Memorial Cup. Hand over feet. They'll they'll be fine yeah. in terms of attendance and merch internally but in terms of at like you said ad revenue corporate footprint nada speaking of the memorial cup i haven't followed it in a few years when did it go to tsn because i always remember memorial cup on sportsnet and like sam cosentino was the guy and like um so once the contract with the chl run ran up uh sportsnet didn't renew obviously given how much money they invested in the nhl and then tsn picked it up probably at 80% 80% on the dollar. Yeah, they need needed programming to fill all five TSNs. Yeah, and I, I was just flip. I, I don't remember why. I must have been watching uh, an NBA game on TSN begrudgingly. And I guess when I turned my TV on it, it was on TSN and like the Memorial Cup was on. I'm like, what the fuck? It's on TSN. Like I would have watched that game had it not been on TSN, but it was, so I couldn't watch it. But yeah. something okay. So, any other thoughts on the Stanley Cup final of the actual series? We don't have nah. a lot of time to talk about this now. I will say what's happening. The, the one thing I will say: Vegas looks good. They do. I think Vegas looks really good. Aiden uh, Hill is I playing above his Mark, weight. He's punching above his weight class. Mark Stone is a top five captain in the NHL. Agreed. And that's I I and I think yeah, Aiden Hill is playing out of his mind. Can he sustain it for the full series? I don't know, but I think the team around him is good enough that he doesn't have to. I think it goes to six or seven, realistically, but yeah. it's but Vegas does look good. Any quick thoughts on the NBA final that's happening right now? Nuggets After the first good. game, yeah, it's good. I think it's going to be a series. After the first game, I thought the fucking Nuggets have this in four. The way the Heat clawed back in the fourth quarter, man, like everyone it's was like, series, oh. but I do think the, I, I say Nuggets in six. Everyone was like, oh, Heat Nuggets. I think it's going to be a way better series than anybody. That you have you have two of the world's best players and probably underrated or under uh, undervalued or under best players in, in Butler and Jokic. Uh, and I say Jokic wins MVP, but everyone's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um it's it's just how good Jokic is is just ridiculous. 
like the 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 dexterity versatility down low he can shoot he's he's big he beats people up he just doesn't give a shit like his baskets are ugly but they go in like it's just he's a big man with the point with the mindset of a point guard in the last yeah right in the last series he had a step back three where he threw it like he had two hands over his head and he threw it like a medicine ball and it, like he's he's swish i'm like fuck you like and he's just so for for all those anime fans out there he's essentially tepe kiyoshi from kuroko That's i have no idea what you just said so it's a it's an anime about basketball and there's this guy where he's a big man he's and everyone's like oh he's just a big guy but he he's essentially Jokic, where he can move he can shoot he can play like he's unstoppable he's really good so and i'm just saying that's who he is the flip side though is jimmy butler (laughs) is playing with like like the bad news bears like that's what like he's playing with people that like he's carried an entire team to the finals on his back i mean uh caleb martin uh was was playing incredible too um duncan uh, robinson no one know who he was dudes just going off because they have to like they don't have a choice right like if they're going to keep going these guys have to find a game that doesn't exist in their repertoire and they're doing it somehow so yeah, yeah, better series than I thought it would be. I'm, of course, rooting for Miami just for Kyle Lowry. Um, it's just, it's uh, a Jamal fun Murray story. Nuggets for me, man. <laughs> it's a fun story, and I, I, I would like to see Kyle get another ring because I think he deserves it. But I think, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a fun series. It's win-win. If he win, I'm happy because I'm happy to see Butler and Lowry get a ring. Uh, if the Nuggets win, I'm happy to see Jokic and Murray get a ring. So it's win-win. I'm no skin in the game. I just want to see good, good games. Also, Agreed. shout out to Jimmy Butler, like early shout out again to him. You see him after they won the the East. He's like, uh, Adebayo offered him the trophy. He said, no, 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 I'll take the next one. Mm. And and when yeah, he got the MVP I, for the series, the only thing he talked about was his teammates. When clear, like, and dude, clearly, like you're the fucking best player on that team by 15 country miles. And for him to just only talk about his teammates, yeah. it's just, he, like he's a class I, act. I love it. Like I said, I said it last week. I think this is the vindication run for Jimmy Butler for all those people that said he's the problem on the other teams he was on. So Maddie and I both were reacting to something that was going on at the moment of recording. So we're recording on a Monday night. It's now 7.40 local time. Eastern. It's only, it's only, it's only, it's only 7.40. And I have no that's, idea. That's another, that's another clue. It's only 7.40. Are they down uh, like 36 nothing? Huh. I got a text and then I got another text and then I got another text and they're all like expletive, expletive. Fucking send this asshole down. What Manoa. the like, why is this guy don't yeah, Alec, don't check the other Discord, Jim. Don't check it. Um Alec Manoa started against the Houston Astros today in Toronto after coming home from sweeping the Mets in New York. I just got another text saying that inning was painful. Um Alec Manoa went 0.1 innings. He gave up seven hits, six runs, all of them earned. This is in 0.1 inning of work. He is now statistically the worst starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. He's done. Like this isn't this isn't a send him down, figure it out come back up like a Romero, like a Doc, or other such guys. 
this they they waited too long to do anything the signs were there and everyone said something needs to be done like no he'll figure it out he'll figure it out no he won't and the fact that you waited so long this is irreparable tomorrow is the day if there ever was like i mean it's probably too late but if there's one last chance to do this tomorrow ricky romero has tightness in his shoulder He's being sent down to AAA for a rehab assignment. You mean Manoa? What did I say? <laughs> Romero. You said Ricky no. Romero. It's Which a is like down, ultimate bro. Freudian slip. Oh, Freudian slip, no. Uh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. I almost did it again. You did it again. Fucking Manoa, man. Jesus. Jesus Christ. No. Oh, wow, we're shouting out people and everything, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, you're shouting out Ricky Romero's shoulder. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore, man. It's Samsonite. Samsonite. I was way off. The uh, I would I would have him like have a faint, not feign, but I would come up with an injury for him, so that I mean, but it's too late now. I would what I would have done is as, uh, when he was showing signs of struggling, and I would have said, okay, we're gonna tell everyone you got soreness. You're gonna go down. You're gonna work on your mechanic. You're gonna come back up. Now everyone knows you're lying. If he has soreness in his elbow or shoulder, people are bullshit. It's, uh, I like the dude. And here's, uh, I think one of the biggest issues, and I think, okay, the past few starts that have been rocky and objectively bad, I think they might have been like, let's weather the storm until July. And when Ryu is ready, They'll give they'll give them an opportunity to shift Manoa. Yeah, you said that last week too. But the problem is right now, and I had just responded to some of these messages, and I was saying to my friends, like, if they are serious about winning baseball games and serious about being a contender, they can't put Manoa out there five days from now. They can't. But who do you put out there? And that's the problem that this team has right now is that there is zero depth in starting pitching. Thomas now, could Hatch they go to Heisenberg? Is Thomas like, Hatch I, still around? I mean, maybe. I think Mitch White is probably your guy. I'm not even sure like how he's even doing in Buffalo, but I know he started a few games for the Jays last year when they needed him, and he was okay. Uh, well, Nate Pearson, aside from Sunday, Nate Pearson has been lights out in the bullpen. Uh, he, I don't know if he's even stretched out and he's able to make some spot starts here and there, but he was originally supposed to be a starter for this team, and hasn't been because of his, you know, health issues and whatever. Tiedemann's too. So you got to figure something out. Like you got to figure it out soon. You can't repeat the same thing with Ricky Tiedemann, so. That's a good point. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Tiedemann has been highly touted as a prospect that's ready, but he's not ready. Like, in terms of, like, his progression of how far along he's come in the minor league system, you don't want to send him out there right now. Well, so, is the example. Well, yeah, Manoa is the, I was going to say, Manoa is exactly why you don't do that because they did that last year and look how that turned out now, right? Like you can come in and run on adrenaline and run on excitement and get through and guys don't really have too much data on you, which baseball is the most data-driven sport on the planet. Here's a a live um, take. My buddy who's at the game currently, he says, we're at the game and everyone cheered when Schneider came out to get him. There were audible boos, but they played music as he walked from the dugout, walked down to the dugout. He just has no idea how to get outs anymore. And the one out he did record was five feet for being a homer. He recovered pretty well to the game I went to. 
two weeks ago. Like he started and he started like junk. And that was the that was the game where Schneider fucked up and visited the mound twice. Um he recovered in that game and I thought that might have been a turning point for him, but like holy yeah. shit. It's like they say you don't forget like how to play goalie or pitching or dude. I think you do. I just I at this point, what do you do though? Like, do you think sending him down helps? Or do you think it's maybe he needs a fresh start somewhere else? I, I wonder. And I, I know I brought it up on this show before, but I wonder if it's the pitch clock of, you know, I, I, he's a bigger guy and he's not necessarily used to being like at a frenetic pace of throwing the baseball. And maybe this has just become an issue for him and he needs to figure his velocity out is he... down. His velocity yeah. is down. And maybe that's a bit of it. So maybe the man needs to hit the gym. I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to blame it on that because we've seen a lot of heavier guys like David Wells and CC Sabathia in an era where you didn't have to work. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's one thing to be able to reset, bring your heart rate down and, and you're good and you can hurl the ball and you're fine. You have the time to reset. You don't have the time to reset. It's get the ball, batter steps in the box. Bartolo Colon was a pitcher. Big, sexy. Bartolo Colon. Right, but like as as a, as a bigger guy, the conditioning is more important now with the pitch clock. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know. I don't think you can send him back out there five days from now. Nope. It's it's getting embarrassing, and but then again, the Jays are uh, pretty used to being embarrassing when they send a pitcher out on the mound. Because <laughs> uh, a follow up from last week's uh, episode, when we we're talking about Anthony Bass. He entered the game within the last week since the last time we had an episode, and. To a chorus of booze, like everyone in this city doesn't want anything to fucking do with this guy anymore. And the Jays keep trotting him out there because they need a mediocre reliever in their bullpen for some reason. It was hilarious when Marcus Stroman was <laughs> just ripping this motherfucker on Twitter. I'm just I, like, I'm not a Stroman guy, you know that. But I mean, he's not afraid to say his shit. Dude, he's got no horse in this race. So for him to say that, I kind of believe. And Dustin, you can clarify yeah. what he said. Well, I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically he was saying that like no one in that city and no one on that team wants him there. Like that, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but like he he's not just saying the fans don't want him. He's saying like the players in the organization doesn't want him there. I wonder is, if there's if there's a bigger problem in that clubhouse. I mean, I think we're starting to see some cracks in the armor here, the Blue Jays, where you have the Anthony Bass situation. You have this Alex Manoa situation. You have the John Snyder coming out and not realizing what the rules of fucking baseball are situation. There's a lot going on with this team, and they have a lot to figure out. Here's the official stroke from, or stroke from Crowman. The quote <laughs> from Stroman. <laughs> Chew it up, James. Go ahead, Jim. Samsonite. I was way off. All right. So Greg Chisenholm had an article uh, for the star. Bass, and this was the tweet that he sent out. It said, Bass melted down the wildcard game. He couldn't get anybody out in April. Now he's endorsing the boycott of a corporate sponsor while offending the LGBTQ community. So why are the Blue Jays still protecting him? Some guys aren't worth the hassle. Stroman replies to this and says, none of his teammates or staff want him in their locker room. Like, that's pretty blunt. That's no dodging around the bush and being like, wow, really odd that players aren't supporting him. That's straight to the point. 
Well, Strowman isn't the type of guy who would support him. Now, if you asked um, Clayton Kershaw if he supports Anthony Bass, I think he would. So there's there's definitely uh, people on both sides of this argument. For sure. So let's keep that in mind as well. No, I I agree. But like Jim said, he's got no skin in the game. You know, outside of... Outside of him, I'm no doubt saying he still loves the team in terms of the Blue Jays, not necessarily like the organization, the business aspect, but like the team and the colors and the jersey and the city. That's the extent of his stake in it. So maybe there's some credence to to what he's saying. I mean, well, everyone, they want you to believe his apology. The team wants you to believe his apology. Um I don't know if you saw that a classic clip of case Hazel. Of... Did you see that video of Hazel May rolling her eyes? Yeah, that's <laughs> yo, great. that's the best. That early shout out, Hazel May, for just not giving a fuck. And she like looked at the camera too after and just wasn't like nervous. She was like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you really are remorseful, take questions and explain yourself out of it. Like own yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't chat GPT your way out of a an apology. All those chat GPT things, like, I don't think that's real. Like, I don't think it's actually from that, but I think that would, I mean, it's pretty obvious somebody just made that a meme, but at the end of the day, man, don't even have a statement. Just be like, hey guys, I don't have like a prepared statement. I just want to say that I realize that this is hurtful, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do my best to get educated and, and all this stuff. Like, listen, I may not agree with the lifestyle, but I still want to acknowledge they exist and I'll take your questions. Yep. And try and answer as best I can. And please, please, if you can, you know, respect my views as much as I'm trying to respect everyone else's. That's all you have to say, really. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's not the views that anyone I think is is is. It's how the views are being applied, um, and I think mm-hmm. that's the issue, right? Like, again, I've said you can disagree with that community all you want treat them like humans and respect their existence that's all anyone's asking so it's it's and to to do stuff where it's like boycotting that's the shit that's like again that's malicious and it's attacking and maybe he doesn't understand that maybe he doesn't understand the repercussions of actively trying to suppress i think that's the problem you know when you're actively out there trying to silence or eliminate the appearance of a, a community that's where the the line is and when you spread that message that's what happens so i don't think it goes away with just a, a very well written <laughs> well written practice statement and, and i also understand the <laughs> the level of irony that there is in all of this and that's why i tweeted when he gave his bullshit statement of let's give him a chance because if the concept is everyone is welcome and everyone is, you know, baseball is for everyone. That kind of also means it's for, you know, guys like him too. Assholes so, like him, yeah. Right. So assholes like him. You have to also understand that I don't necessarily believe that he meant anything that he said, but I will give him a chance to see where it goes from here. Now, if you know, five <laughs> five days from now he does something stupid again, it's like, well, fuck, whatever. Then you can cut him loose. But <laughs> I don't. And, I don't like the idea of throwing a human being away. So let's be careful with stuff like that. And that's all I want to say about that. Now, final story 
is this press release that came out today. And, you know, as we're recording, this is literally going to start in five minutes. So I wonder if we <laughs> delay this conversation for five minutes to see what it actually looks well, like. Well, we can do initial thoughts and then do a follow up next week. Yeah, that's fair. So the story is uh, official Monday Night Raw sidecast on Twitch launches today. WWE, uh, which is funny, it says uh, New York Stock Exchange, WWE, which mm, this could be potentially the last press release where we see that because going forward, the new name is going to be TKO for WWE, but nevertheless, um, today announced a multi-year partnership with Twitch that will see the return of the official WWE channel, which is weird to me because I feel like they've always had a Twitch channel, so it didn't go anywhere. They, I, I literally get a notification every single Wednesday when the bump happens, but okay. Apparently it's uh, coming back. And it is a popular WWE superstar channel featuring live and exclusive content. In addition to the launch of the channel, again, which already existed, but okay, WWE will debut a companion sidecast to Monday Night Raw, bringing the WWE universe behind the scenes and closer to the in-ring action. The weekly viewing experience will be led by a rotating cast of hosts and will regularly feature appearances by WWE superstars, unique and exclusive content, such as backstage interviews and more. Viewers can stream the live sidecast every Monday, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, blah, 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 on their Twitch channel. So what it sounds like to me is that it's going to be similar to Monday Night Football, where you had the Manning brothers chatting about what was happening on the screen as it was happening. The reason why we're bringing this up and why we think it's interesting is what the future for sports broadcasting could be. Because I am very interested to know what USA Network thinks about this deal they have with Twitch. What Fox thinks about this deal that they now have with Twitch. There's no financials attached to this. And maybe if I, I haven't looked it up yet, maybe Brandon Thurston has the line on this. Who does great work with uh, WrestleNomics. You should check that out uh, if you are interested in the business of professional wrestling. Uh, I haven't seen any numbers or figures of what the agreement is, but I know there's been a long standing, I shouldn't say long standing. There had been issues previously in the past with WWE and Twitch where a lot of their uh, superstars, as we'll say, were doing their own thing on Twitch and making money and doing what other people do on Twitch until WWE said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we want some of that money. You can't be making money with your WWE character name, we own that. So there's a bit of a pissing contest going on with that. And then when Vince McMahon got sent home for whatever it was that he was accused of doing and Triple H took over, they brought all that back and everyone was allowed to have their Twitch channels again. And now it looks like WWE is playing nice with Twitch with some sort of financial agreement here. So a couple things here. One, James, what do you think this is going to look like from a sidecast perspective and two, who do you think is the next sports league that does something like this? Uh, what do I think this looks like? I think it looks like exactly what they say it's going to look like. I think you're going to have um, immediate kind of reactions to matches that happened previous while the next thing is going on. I don't think they're going to have anything during story segments because that kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, people paying attention to those things. Um, but I think, you know, <clears throat> while so-and-so has so-and-so in a rear naked choke or whatever, um, having 
something go on. It, it just builds the concept of this universe that's always happening, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. Like it's not, it's not, it's a 360 sphere as opposed to this flat linear story, right? Where things are happening while other things, which is more natural, right? Like Sami Zayn doesn't get attacked by the bloodline conveniently after the next match ends, right? Like that's not a, that's not a thing. What they can do now is show it in the simulcast and then throw to it on TV after and say this happened on whatever and it creates this um layered illusion that this is all happening in real time which it could be which is great and i think that that's kind of neat you know what it kind of reminds me of and this is coming up this weekend and i'm glad now that i'm not doing greek town wrestling i can actually watch this is the xbox showcase that's happening on sunday and i think the xbox showcase is going to blow the playstation showcase out of the water i i, I can't i can't fucking wait well, it's awesome, too, because they have the showcase right after they have the Starfield Direct. So they're not even going to do Starfield during the showcase because they've got like a whole Direct right after it. Yeah, I think the and cannons the reason, are loaded for this. The reason I bring that up is because I never watch the showcase just as the showcase. I go to Kind of Funny's Twitch channel and I watch them reacting to the showcase. So I'm watching the showcase as they're watching the showcase because... I like those guys and it feels like you're having a, a you're watching with a bunch of buddies. You're hanging out. Exactly. So I wonder if that's what they're going to do with this sidecast thing where people are going to watch Monday Night Raw, but they're going to watch it with some of their favorite WWE superstars. They're going to watch it with some personalities. It'll be what the NFL did with Tim the Tatman and Nick Merckx, where yeah. they gave them the exclusive rights to stream the game in partnership with them. And you can do Twitch points on match or so you know, you can do Twitch points, which are free. You just accumulate them as with watch hours. And, you know, you can do bets with Twitch points to be like, who do you think wins this match? And then you can, you know, bet your Twitch points on it and whatever. And they did that with the NFL. Um, and literally Tim and Nick just sat there and had beer and ate food and would just watch the game and read Twitch chat and talk about the game and shit. Like, like it's a brilliant idea. I think every sport should do it, like have ambassadors and shit like yeah, that to do it. Baseball would be tougher, but it's the Manning cast, like you said, right? Like it's very similar. Yeah. I and this is the point where if I'm WWE, I'm regretting not working with RJ City anymore because RJ City okay, would be perfect. So, so it's so it's up, it's up right now, and uh, right now it is. It looks like a fucking work from home podcast where three people are sitting around their microphones in their homes mm -hmm. and it's two people who have no idea who the fuck they are they're probably some random announcers that i don't know and drew gulak so of course they had to get a they had to get the kind of decent looking female to draw in the simps and right. then they have probably the like a super fan that they worked at the company in some media capacity or in lower well, like, why aspect. would you use freddie prince here like, this is what I mean. Like, this is, like, take these celebrities you work with, and they're at home. They're watching anyway. Like, fucking, yeah. you know, I would do, uh, but you, you could have guys on. Remember how they used to do, remember how they did the Daniel Bryan Miz stuff on Raw Talk? You can use this to do that kind of, I don't know. We'll see. It's still early. It's not going to lie. Like, if he wasn't with AEW, that would be perfect for something for CM Punk. If he's like knows he's not going to wrestle with WWE again or later on down the line, just have him do this shit. 
Nah, they tried with the fox thing. <laughs> he barely showed up. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, I doesn't necessarily need to be him, but you know, someone like that. So yeah, they are not actually showing the video of the ep or the episode of Monday Night Raw. I was I was wondering about that because I'm, I'm sure USA Network would not be happy about that. It's no, you have to just, watch it uh, side by side. These. React Andes, as it's called in the Twitch world. And just hope that your stream lines up with what they're talking about because uh, delays. That's a, that's always a problem. So I, I think there's there's legs to this. This could work in certain ways. I think the way they're doing it right now is not going to work. Maybe it's in preparation yeah. for the USA contract to end and then they can negotiate the contract with the next and already have that set up and ready to go. Right. And just because the contract with USA Network is coming up, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go to another television network. It could mm -hmm. go to Twitch. It Who knows? could go to YouTube. Yep. So or Amazon. Or it Amazon. goes to Amazon and then they do a joint thing with Amazon and Twitch and because obviously we know Twitch is owned by Amazon yep. and they can integrate a bunch of shit. You can do Amazon X-Ray. You can do different things with it. Like, honestly, I think uh, there's great opportunity to leverage that shit, especially now. So, yeah. No, that's a great point. And this, yeah, very well could lead to a future partnership with Amazon. And I would be very interested to see that and how that can move things forward. But uh, James, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the time where we get to hear Maven's wonderful entrance music. And I think I heard it. I, I, James, I would love for you to be able to hear what I can hear. Yeah, and I think funny. I nailed it, but I don't know. if I No, did. you did. You I could it. hear it a little bit. All right. Wonderful. So I will go first because I've already forgotten who my shout out is, but I wrote it down. All right. All right. So my shout out goes to one Chris Anka. And you may be wondering who is Chris Anka. The Chris son of Paul Anka. Anka? Uh, I don't know if he's related to Paul Anka. He very well could be, though. I first saw Chris Anka on kind of funny content. He would always he would be brought in for some of the horror movies when they do like movie reviews. But Chris Anka is an artist and he most recently was the character designer on Spider-Verse 2, also known as uh, Into the Spider Into the Spider-Verse Across the Spider-Verse. A character designer on Across the Spider-Verse. Now what that means exactly? If you watch the trailer to Across the Spider-Verse, Look at all the fucking Spider-Men in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. And I think Chris said he designed the costumes for every single one of them, aside from like two or three. Cool. So he must have did like 90 something different Spider-Men and put them in this movie. So an incredible accomplishment. It is an awesome movie and it's visually gorgeous. And the fact that like one guy is responsible for a lot of the costumes you see in this movie is pretty remarkable. So my shout out goes to Chris Anka. Nice. So do you want me to go Jim or you? Okay. Um, this was announced last week, but I thought it was fitting or kind of maybe a week and a half ago, but I think it's just kind of fitting that we're in June and shout out pride month because you know, we're supporters of everyone living their truest self. And so my shout out is to a shout out because we're in the world now where people feel comfortable and we can, you know, encourage this kind of, uh, I guess, messaging coming out. 
but I have a reservation about it and it's more comedic than anything. But <clears throat> shout out Marie, Marie Philippe Poulet and Laura Stacey on announcing their engagement to Team Canada teammates for the international Canadian hockey team um, for getting engaged. That's awesome. And then my only thing is, man, I hope you can leave the arguments at the door. Could you imagine having to play on the same team with somebody and you guys just argued about the toilet paper over or under or some shit or someone who's you left the fucking lies out again. Oh, you're going home and being like, you didn't fucking pass. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's gotta be tough, but more power to them. So, but no, and all jokes aside, shout out to them because you know what? It's nice to see that we're in a day and age where obviously you have some haters coming out about it, but fuck them. Good on them. That's a good one. Uh, my shout out is I already mentioned it earlier in the show, but I'm going to shout out Adam Wilde. That dude, he said all he ever wanted to do was be in radio, and he spent 16 years to, and he was on Kiss. He did breakfast television. He did Virgin Radio. <clears throat> and 10 years ago, he started the Steve Dangle podcast with Steve Dangle. Um, but the dude was, like I said, the dude was able to quit virgin radio to focus full-time on the dangle podcast network which i think is really fucking cool and like if you ever look mm -hmm. for example like people say bet on yourself dude that is the ultimate bet on yourself like you you're built leaving something from the ground up built it from the ground up you're leaving a career that was your only thing you ever wanted to do to now do the thing that you built yourself and it's still kind of similar like podcast i guess is similar to radio but like you said to that's a there's no corporation that has your back. There's no, you know, HR. There's no nothing. Like, it's it's you. You it with you. Yeah, and it's on you. And he's done great things. Like, the Alan Walsh Agent yeah. Provocateur thing is... It's a very good podcast. Crazy good. Um, like, he's a Especially very, for me, who wanted to be a sports agent, it's really cool to hear it. Right? He's a very insightful person. He's very good at leading conversations and... and playing you know a little bit of devil's advocate and just congrats like that's like i don't yeah. know the fucking guy um but uh, it's real cool to see someone take that leap and and like you said that's the definition of bet on yourself well it's fitting that dustin's shutout was across the spider-verse because one of the most impactful i know people can say oh it's a nerdy thing it's a fucking superhero movie it's a cartoon whatever but one of the quotes from the first movie into the Spider-Verse that lives with me forever is the conversation that Miles has with Peter Parker. And he says, you know, how do I know when I'm Spider-Man? He's like, Miles, you don't. That's all life is, is a leap of faith. And you try to hold on to that a lot in life where sometimes it's not about knowing what the answer is. It's just having faith that what you're doing is the right direction. And he did it, man. Like it's, it's a leap of faith and clearly there's obvious confidence because of what they've done and built, but yeah. Yeah. I think we found the episode title, a leap of faith. There you go. There you go. And thank you for taking a leap of faith with us one more week for another episode of 43.6. Thank you for subscribing and sharing with all your friends. We will see you next week, but until then take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> <laughs>